This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A bucket here would be huge. Curry dribbles on Adams, backs up, pass to the cutting loony, bounce pass, Draymond for a dunk, a right-hand slam! Warriors lead by 897-89. Five minutes to go. Now back to 95-7 the game. We are back on this sunny Sunday. Allen Styles Shamari block 95-7 the game. Talking dubs. Talking who do you love? Talking who do you hate? <laughs> We're talking about it all. Where do the Warriors need to be better? Our, our running theme throughout this show has been who is on the Mount Rushmore of NBA players that Warriors fans do not like in a very strong way. That's what we're not going to say hate, but do not like in a very strong way. We've, it's, it's sports hate. You it's sports hate. hate. It's sports hate. So we I got CP3, LeBron. We've heard Westbrook. We've heard James Harden. So if, if you hear it, we've heard Patrick Beverly. If, if you got a name that you don't think that we've said yet, we've heard Dylan Brooks, a.k.a. Villain Bricks. We've heard a lot of names so far. We've heard Blake Griffin, right? Throwback Blake Griffin. I, mean, I, I saw Matthew Delavadova more times than I feel like I should. Yeah, well, like, people, you know, people don't forget. People don't forget. Well, but so. see, that's the funny thing is that it's like, oh, he's a step stopper. And then Steph's like, I got your step stopper right there. And then he became the player never heard from again. I will tell you this. If it does end up being the Mavs, I can guarantee you right now, by the end of that series, if it's Warriors, Mavericks, by the end of that series, Luka Doncic will be on that list. Luka, if you watch him play, is pretty darn annoying. I mean, he complains. Everybody He's complains. Absolutely, yeah. He chirps yeah, after every yeah. bucket he makes. Every bucket he makes, he is snarling. Like he's giving you that said look. He's the next LeBron, and, and I don't know if he lives up to LeBron's prowess on the court just yet. He absolutely lives up to LeBron's whininess, floppiness, and everything that I personally dislike about LeBron. So I, I really do think he will be on the list if it ends up being Mavericks Warriors by the time that series is over. Because if you watch him now. It's it's a he is it's very confusing because he is beautiful to watch and he's extremely talented 
but it's at the same time, it's not the most beautiful basketball I've ever seen. It's Harden esque. I don't think it's as egregious as the Houston Rocket Harden days as far as manipulating the rules, but he does. And he's a guy, when you talk about the Warriors and their pace, he is a guy who is almost like a human rain delay. He makes sure that you are all going to play at his speed. And I think the reason, like you said, Shamari, the Warriors are one and three against the Mavericks is because what Luka does is every time the Warriors go on a run, right, from from the, the first iteration of this dynasty to now, every time that happens, other team automatically, they make two, three shots in a row. See, other team automatically calls timeout. You, you got to slow them down. Chase is rocking. Or if you're on the road, you know, that, that arena is just dead silent. You can hear a pin drop. What Luca does is the way he slows the game down, they don't necessarily have to take those timeouts. If, if the Warriors go on a little run, and I've seen this when the Warriors have played the Mavericks, he makes sure I'm going to get fouled. And I'm going to get to the free throw line, and I'm going to slow this whole thing down. So he does that very well versus the Suns, who I think would continue to just try to run back and forth, you know, with the Warriors. And you would like to think, I mean, you got Jay Crowder, you got Mikel Bridges, but I w- and you have those requisite parts, obviously the stars in CP3 and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I would still like my chances with the Fast Five against the Suns if you're saying it's going to be a foot race. See, but DeAndre Ayton, he's not – He's not your traditional I'm seven foot and I can't move from court to court, man. That dude goes from rim to rim about as quick as a guard. So I, I don't know that you're going to outpace the Suns, but what you can do is you can outmaneuver. Like, Mikael Bridges is about as good a defender as there is, like mm-hmm. as far as wing defenders goes, okay? Um, but then that, that, that that's it, right? Devin Booker's not an elite defender. No. Aiton is a paint defender he's not a he's not a perimeter dude um so i just yeah I, you know what <laughs> i have no idea uh, whoever whoever shows up whoever shows up wednesday right or or you know in the case of the suns whoever they show up to I, um I, I feel pretty good about it like i feel I, it's well, so does like, vegas so does vegas it's it's, it's anti miami the warriors are the anti heat <laughs> like whoever the heat play people assume that they're going to lose to Wherever the Warriors play, I think people assume the Warriors are going to be in the finals. Well, and uh, yes, and when you look at those two, those two teams, the question is, okay, who has the best player on the floor? If you're going against the Suns, you would say the Warriors. And Steph, it would be interesting against the Mavs because you could make the argument that answer would be Luca. The problem is, it's 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 Luca and the gang, right? It's Luca yeah, and yeah, the yeah. and the Supremes, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah. not that's not going to get it done. We do have some news. I wouldn't necessarily call it breaking, but. Warriors and their media availability. Steve Kerr, uh, you know, did his did his media availability, and he was speaking about a lot of things, including GP2 and what might happen as far as his return. So let's hear from Steve Kerr on GP2's update and where he's currently at. Yeah, Gary is coming along well. He won't play to start out the series, but, you know, the good thing with it being an elbow, he's able to do a lot of things on the court. You know, he's able to work his conditioning and his movement. You know, if it's a knee or a foot injury and you can't do anything on the court, it takes you a lot longer to recover. I think all in all, Gary's doing well. We just don't know his availability, but he's he is able to maintain his conditioning and do some things out on the court, which is important. You would... It sounds good, right? Obviously, because of just like Steve Kerr said, he's able to do certain things, so he's not completely shut down. But I, I don't think anybody, if they were a betting person, would assume that he's going to come back for the conference finals, the finals possibly. But you, I wouldn't want to get just like in Star Wars. Don't don't give me hope, 
right? And, and Steve Kerr is trying to tame the hope, but <laughs> there is a possibility. And I think maybe that's a little bit of gamesmanship for whoever the Warriors will face next. Okay, but think about why he was in the starting lineup against the Memphis Grizzlies. Because you got Ja, and he is a relentless, outstanding defender on a dude like Ja. I don't see him Ding up Luca. I, I could see him Ding up CP3, right? Mm-hmm. But then, okay, now he's in the start lineup. Well, who's going to be on Booker, right? I, I don't know that there is a role for him in this series the way it was in the last series. It's not as obvious because Luca is a big boy, right? And I think GP2, he's guarded Luca before, but again, matchup. Yeah, I, I, re- I remember that. But, and this yeah. is not a slight on yeah. GP2, of yeah. course, because Luca is Luca. Right, that, yeah. they're going to a game seven with the one seed because of Luca. That that that's why, right? So nobody is really going to stop Luca. When it comes to the Suns, though, when CP3 does get rolling with those little mid ranges that just annoy you because he just cannot miss, that is somewhere where GP2 could have put a stop to that because you know of of everything going on. Brian, what's good? What you got for us? I think the aspect we are missing is that people forget that Andrew Wiggins can guard point guards as well. Like, remember mm-hmm. that Phoenix game when they lost in the regular season? Andrew Wiggins picked up CP3 full court, and he did a pretty good job. Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying as far as GP2 coming back, what, you know, Shamari was talking about how where his role where would he be. Yeah. He would be that cp3 stopper right if we have to use that cliche and for the for the mavericks i think to your point he would just be hey just be a good defender on wherever you're at well see i i feel that even if he doesn't get injured he's coming off the bench in this series like it's where he yeah, was a that starter was a specific, in memphis. that was a specific yeah, memphis, he, yeah that's like start because of john Morant. uh so i honestly i say you take it so you take it light on him uh, maybe if he's if he comes back and he's ready, ready to go, okay? Get him a few minutes, right? But but when I think about the Boston Celtics, for instance, who were up by 10 points with about nine minutes left in the third quarter on the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about and I think about Smart and I think about Jalen Brown, right? I mean, Jason Tatum, that's a whole other monster, right? Yeah. Like, like I could see GP2 D and those two dudes up really well. I agree. Well. I agree. Um, when you talk about if they can get Chris Middleton back it, it, for the Bucks, I could see him being a, a yeah, I could see I could see him being up like a be a, a Chris Middleton uh, irritant, right? Uh, but again, Giannis is the guy you got to worry about. But if he can handle Middleton, um, Drew Holiday well, is, is a little scary. Chris Middleton is six seven. He's he's a big dude as far as yeah. GP two is concerned. But he's not a he's not a. I mean, I've seen GP2 on bigger guards. With Luka, what you get is the passing and the 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 the, the pace mm-hmm. and the ball handling, right? I mean, I feel like what does he do best, man? He steals the ball and and he he applies pressure to you from the from the time you inbound the ball. He can do that to Chris Middleton. Um, will he be? Will he get shot over? Maybe he will. He's got, he's he will, the... but Chris Middleton wouldn't be able to dance on him. Exactly. So yeah. I think it would even it would even he... out there. And then you have Drew Holiday, who can be hot and cold. I don't. You would probably find GP two on Drew Holiday a bit, yeah. but you know I, I don't think you need a Drew Holiday stopper. Well, 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 exactly. So so if if it's if it's Giannis right and and the Bucks, well then okay, there's not as big of a role there. But I could see him playing a big part against the the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um. 
And again, neither of these teams, I don't think there's a big role for him either way. So I say rest him. Let him let him chill, man. Let, I say you let him chill. Yeah, and, and going back to where the Warriors need to improve. One thing that we haven't talked about, and I think it's a little bit indicative of how people feel about Steve Kerr and what who he is as a coach is part of this Steve Kerr's return. And do you appreciate Dub Nation 888-957-9570? These last couple games without Steve Kerr, has it made you appreciate Steve Kerr a bit more? We have some sound of Steve Kerr talking about the job that Mike Brown did. Uh, we can get into that right now. And then I also want to talk about how do you feel with, uh, you know, during Steve Kerr's absence and now that he's returning. Mike and I talked several times a day or texted, you know, we were, but we were in constant communication. I, I left, you know, left him alone, you know, during the game or even a couple hours before the game. And the main thing I told him was he had to follow his gut. He can't, he couldn't sit there and, you know, think what would, what would I do? He needed to, to follow his own instinct and, and the staff had to collaborate and do whatever they felt was necessary because they're the ones who were there in the fight, you know, while I'm on the couch at home. So we had all those discussions, you know, I had a, a Zoom with the players before shoot-around of Game 6. So I was able to stay in touch with guys, both on the staff and on the on the team. But it was definitely very strange sitting at home and not being able to be part of it. There you go. There you go. And, I, and again, I'm going to – the whole thing about Mike Brown and everybody, all the jokes, is Sacramento already regretting this. I don't know about you, Shamari, but I thought that was a little much – for everybody, yes, you're the Warriors, and yes, you have the Splash Bros, but you found out you were going to coach two hours ahead of time. You already had to deal with a pesky grizzly squad, and I'm going to be honest. I do understand and appreciate Steve Kerr, but it wasn't like the Warriors were playing outstanding with Steve Kerr. They had the good game three, but besides that, they weren't cooking and rolling in all cylinders, so it's... I'm not necessarily taking anything away from Mike Brown. I thought it was a little peculiar, if you will, I, to go in, and maybe this is just something on my end, the whole Mike Brown, I'm a defensive coach, and we know the Tom Thibodeaus of the world, they, they kind of say it without saying it, but to say I'm the defensive coordinator and you're about to be a head coach, are you going to get an offensive coordinator in Sacramento? I, I don't know. That was yeah, he, well, I, he, It was kind of weird. To. It was weird to, to. to to hear that, not in an NFL context, right, or a football context. And I just feel I'm not really sure why you put yourself in a box like that. And even if it's even if it is a situation, and it's a bit unspoken. I thought that was probably his his worst move. But as far as the things that he did do to that point, what they did do in Game Six and the defensive changes that they did make. Now, obviously, Draymond and Steph are the ones that said to, you know they felt most comfortable starting Looney. So again. You know, Mike Brown, every every what, what, winning what move that Brown you made, yeah. any move that you made, somebody else is taking credit for. So I don't know. How do you feel about Mike Brown as far as everybody joking about the Sacramento Kings thing? I thought it was a little bit early. For I that. mean, here's what I know about Mike Brown, okay? I mean, and you know, before he got here, he was LeBron got him fired. He's he's one of one of those casualties of LeBron James yeah. play, being a player on your team. Mike Brown was the head coach of the worst playoff defeat in Warriors history. It was bad. I'm just saying I'm just saying. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he's not a good coach. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying though that when you are coaching a team that has the worst defeat in the history of the playoffs, 
of a franchise, right? Like you gotta, you did something wrong. You did. I don't know what he did wrong. I don't know what he did wrong. Yeah. He did something wrong though. Like that. That. That's not how it should have gone. And I don't know if Steve Kerr would have been there if they would have won that game. I. I don't. And, and let's just. They lost by thirty nine, quote unquote. But when everybody called off the dogs, they were down fifty five. Yeah. They were down fifty. Well, 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 to be fair, because I hear you on that. I'm I'm not counting that as a 39 point loss. I believe and Brian can can double check as well. I believe when they got pulled in the fourth, they were down 40. But yes, the starters at one point were down 55. They pulled the starters in the third quarter. I I I and they no no they that that they pulled the starters in the third quarter and they were down fifty now it might have been fifty five it was like fifty two at that they point they were down at most fifty five yeah. and really that's all that, that matters most. Yeah, yeah because I've never actually even seen that in a regular season right. game let yeah. alone a playoff game I've watched a bunch of basketball but I don't know how much you can put uh, on that on Mike Brown he didn't even have time to make a game plan he didn't even have time to adjust and Listen. next thing you know they were down by thirty. In that soundbite, Steve Kerr was like, hey, don't worry. Don't uh, try to figure out what I would do. Try to figure out what Steve Kerr would do. <laughs> if yeah. you ever, Mike Brown, if you ever find yourself in that position again, like ask yourself WWSD. What what would Steve do? I'm not putting that one on Mike Brown. They mailed it in, man. No, I'm not they putting it on it Mike in. Brown either. But but again, the loss, that's not on Mike Brown. The, the 40 point slash 50 point deficit like you got, you got to answer some questions about that. And and I'm not talking about the oh we went out there. I'm not talking about the standard. I'm a coach at a press conference. Like I want, I want to get a, I want to get a, a, a one of those lights. <laughs> like I want to get one of those lights they use to interrogate people and put them behind it and be like, so Mike Brown, what the hell? But I'm stuck between. But I'm stuck between that and also the fact that all these guys are veterans. He or you know not not the Jordan Pools of the world and things like that, but this, the core Steph, Clay, Draymond, and they're the ones committing these turnovers. So th- that to me, that's not on Mike Brown, dude. You're throwing one-handed passes, Steph, with your mouthpiece halfway in your mouth. You know, just, just staring at where you're going to throw it across court. That's not on Mike Brown to me. Well, but isn't it on Mike Brown to be like, hey? Steph, Steph Curry, Hall of Famer, greatest shooter of all time. What the hell was that? You know, they, they did the same thing with Steve Kerr. They just did it a little bit worse. And not to mention the Grizzlies had their backs up against the wall. That was a pride game for them. So, so do you think it was the substitute teacher? We're just going to, you know, we're going to tour TP the classroom sort of thing. They just shouldn't have got on the plane. They just sh- you, you should have just stayed in San Francisco. And, and ultimately they took care of business. So now, it doesn't that matter. That would have been less embarrassing. It would have. It <laughs> yeah. would have just like, you know what? We're just going to. Re- like no, it would have been if they would have went to a press conference to say, we don't want no smoke with the Memphis Grizzlies tonight that would have been less embarrassing than what happened on well, Monday. We, we completely we didn't even talk about the whole whoop that trick thing by Steph ah, well here's yeah. the thing yeah. look at least they, they did get to rest and and you you got to sit there and say well you know they, they didn't play a bunch of minutes they didn't lose in a heartbreaker now you're, you're now you're more tired now you have to go back so I, I don't know I I'm not putting it on Mike Brown. Let's see what the phone line's got to say, 888-957-9570, if you want to be a part of the conversation. Let's go to Sam in West Oakland, who wants to talk dubs. What's up, Sam? You're on with Alan and Shamari. Alan, Shamari, what's up? It's your boy. Hey, what's poppin'? Yeah, yeah, nothing up, man. What's up with you, brother? How you been? Man, man, <laughs> hey, you, you literally took the words out of my mouth when I said uh, when you brought up the uh, substitute teacher thing. Uh, <laughs> at this point, at this point, 
we are such a well-oiled machine where it's like we kind of run our own, like the players run the system. Uh, so I don't want to put anything on Mike Brown. You can't say that Mike Brown's 12-0 and as a coach whenever Steve Kerr is out and, and be like, oh, he's doing a great job. And, and then the one loss that he has is like, oh, we're, we're just going to blame it on Mike Brown or, or, or things are working. I know I care as much as Draymond cares. Like the minute I seen Draymond dancing on the floor, I was like, you know what? He's that's exactly how he played that game. Like when we lost by thirty or forty points or whatever. So I go, I care as I'm the type of fan where I care as much as my favorite players on the team care. So when Draymond mails it in, hey, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna mail it in as a fan as well. You know what I'm saying? I don't really, you know, like wear my heart on the sleeve as a fan like that because at the end of the day these players are going to show us how much they care about that particular game. You know what I'm saying? And at, at this point, we're a well-oiled machine to where it's chestnut checkers for everything that we do, and it's shown within these games. The games that we did win, like game one, game three, you saw what our championship DNA brought out of that game. We wore them down. It's like fighting Tyson Fury. You, you think you got Tyson Fury in the corner, Deontay Wilder, but look, <laughs> what, but look what happens at the end. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, man, God bless you on the Sunday. Right on, man. Yeah, Sam, Sam, good, good stuff, man. You know what? You know what? I, I feel what you're talking about. I really, really do. I really do. And and the thing about, about that whole series and, and the thing about – I, I'm not blaming Mike Brown. I'm not. And it might sound uh, like I am. Yeah. I'm not blaming Mike Brown. But I'm just saying that a loss that bad, you got to look at You got to you look at everybody. No, yeah, yeah. But I'm you putting also everybody look at the coach. on notice. I'm putting everybody you, you, on but notice. But you got you to look at the coach, man. Like, it's not like he, they lost. It's not like they lost by 20. They yeah. lost. That was one of the worst. Like, I don't remember. Is that what we're doing now? Is that what we're doing? Well, with Steve Kerr, they would have lost by 20. Wait. I, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that. They didn't even lose by 20. They lost by, and I'm calling it a 50-point loss. I know it was 39 at the end. That was a 50-point loss. And then everybody was like, well, that's enough of that. And then the backups played to 39 points uh, a loss, right? A, a victory or loss. Um, But, no, man, you I don't know what the score would have been in Steve Kerr. I don't know if it would have been any different. But, but I, I watched Bimbo Coles not get blown out by 50, okay? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I watch Speedy Claxton and company not get – Corey Maggetti not yeah. get blown out by 50. I mean, 50 is a lot. 50 is a lot. We're getting close to the break, but let's sneak in Scott from Hayward real quick who also has some words for Mike Brown. What's up with you, Scott? You're on with Alan and Shamari. All right, gentlemen, good to, good to hear you today. I'll, I'll try to go quick. I, I think – let me first preface by saying I like Mike Brown a lot. I don't put that loss on him. I think you could have Phil Jackson at the height of his Zen master, and they're still losing that game. I <laughs> wish they benched everybody at halftime because they that bad. It was terrible. Now, the one thing, well, two things I will put on Mike Brown a little bit, because uh, you say you got to put something. Here's the two things I think he does deserve a little constructive criticism with. One is shot selection. They were putting up bricks and ill-advised ones. They were not moving the ball around. When the Dubs aren't hopping the ball, they're a run-and-gun and trying to throw up these terrible shots, and they had no chance, just no chance of going in. That just got old quick, and they kept doing it. And then the other was the pace. I think Kerr at least would have said, hey, slow down. You're, you're, you're facing a 12 nothing run here, and he would have called a timeout long before that. So I thought he let it go a little long in the tooth when they were getting beat up on 
before he's calmed down his team and called a timeout, he, he just sort of sat back and watched it happen. So, you know, those are the only two areas that I think are legitimate criticisms. But, again, the, they had, the Grizz had their backs up against the wall. There was no way they were losing that game. I think, like you said, they shouldn't even put the stars on the, on the plane. They should have just let, let everybody rest for a game and let the backups take a beating. But, uh, but otherwise, you know, they got it done. If they can bottle up the last two minutes of game six, and play like that, they're going to beat everybody and win it all. Have a good Sunday, gentlemen. Very strong yeah. out of you, Scott. Very strong. And look, agree with all the points. Everybody deserves blame. Ultimately, you and you're down, down 55. That's just never going to look great. And, and that that's ultimately it. Let's go rapid fire here before we get to the break. Nick in Ohio wants to talk Mike Brown. What's up, Nick? What you got for us? Hey, fellas. Hey, hey. What's happening, Dick? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Nick, uh, were, were you uh, are you a LeBron, a, a, a Cavs fan? And you're like, I know. Remember when Mike Brown was here? Uh, nah, <laughs> but I do. I do have some thoughts about Mike Brown. See, he seems like a great guy, and I think maybe partially that might be his problem. I don't see him really going off and really getting the dog in him. And you know, you know, some, you know, Steve Curry's. He's kind of a, a soft-spoken, thoughtful guy in the pressers. You wouldn't think of him, but, boy, sometimes I, I'd hate to be in front of him when he's he's enraged, you know. He just really – and I think the Warriors needed some of that in those couple of games there that I don't think it's in Mike Brown's temperament. And he's such a nice guy, I think everybody loves him, you know what I mean? I think that might be a factor of some sort. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great call, too. I just think that – Really, he got put in, a, in an interesting situation, and not being the head coach, are you really supposed to sit there and, and drop the hammer? It, it's just, it's awkward. I it's don't know. awkward. I, it's I'm awkward. Like, I feel like if I had two hours to get ready to coach the Warriors, I can get a W. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, this is. <laughs> no, like, I hear you. It's I like hear Steph you. Curry, no. hit shots. Right. Draymond right. Green, you yeah. defend. Yeah, well, let's get to a break. <laughs> We're talking Mike Brown. We're talking Steve Kerr. Did it make you appreciate Steve Kerr more? We will be back. 95.7 The Game, Alan Sal, Shamari Block. Talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Off the screen, lob to Wiggins. Wiggins, touch pass to Draymond. He'll attack. Back to Wiggins in the corner. Back to Draymond. He's got two-on-one with Looney. Lob to Looney. Two-hand slam! Now back to 95-7, the game. The Loon Dog. Loon Master Flex grabbing <laughs> rebounds like it's his J-O-B board man gets paid. Kevon Looney, we can't say enough about what he's throughout this whole season, man. I mean, the Iron Man playing in every single game with James Wiseman never able to join the team with Draymond Green going down for, you know, a decent amount of time. For what Kevon Looney has done for this team, he's been that unsung hero. He grabs his lunch pail every single day and just goes to work and does what he needs to do. You can't help but be happy for a guy like that, Shamari. I mean, you, you also you gotta you can't help but appreciate. I mean, he's not Kevon Looney, and, and I'm gonna, when I say this, I feel like it's gonna be you know I'm slighting him partly because I'm saying it and like I think I have a slight I, I have a slight tone. And everything I say, well, Kevon Looney is not—he's not a physical dynamo. He's 220 pounds, six foot nine, right? Like, look at look look at Jaron Jackson and Steven, six eleven, two forty five, two sixty five. Well, right? I, I, but just not to cut you off real quick, but yeah. before you go, and I've been on this hill for a very long time. We know that you know Looney has had injuries, hip injuries, things like that. You got to see who he was before the injuries. He, he was he was a, a wing. Look yeah. up Kevon Looney's highlight tapes in high school. It will change your life. Well, but see, that's It'll my other point life. is that is that Kevon Looney is undersized in, in every stretch of the imagination. He wasn't supposed to be a center. He was supposed to be a three-four. Like that was he's gonna be that's a three-four yeah. out of out of UCLA. He was dancing on people. He, he was boogieing on he, people. He was supposed to he was supposed to have a mid-range game. I remember the scouting report. I was when we drafted Looney. I'm like, yeah, okay, and that and and. Listen, I wish we had that loony. We don't have that loony. This loony we have now, he's kind of he's kind of light in the pants. He's kind of slow in the feet, but for whatever, but he makes it happen. Yeah, he makes it happen. They're What's smart? You don't like twenty rebounds in a game, twenty-two and eleven 22. in the first he quarter. He balled. He balled. Look exactly. But that that that's why it's so much. That's why you have to appreciate him so much because. Uh, ben Wallace was a six foot nine center, but that dude could jump over the backboard, right? You know, there have been other undersized guys that played center at a high level, but they had gifts that no other human being like Kevon Looney is like if you stretch me out to six nine. Shamari. <laughs> like that's the level of athleticism he has, but somehow he makes big things happen and it's beautiful. Shamari, you're saying he doesn't have a gift. Kevon Looney has a gift for rebounding, that's his <laughs> gift. <laughs> Right. Not many people have that gift, too, by the He's, way. He certainly does. But, hey, Brian, hey, you ain't never lied, brother. And, well, when you look at who he did it against, the Grizzlies, who led the league in rebounding all season, it's even more impressive. So uh, you, you had Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams out there. Like they, 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 they went Twin Towers. Exactly. And there goes Looney. Which is, yeah. And there goes Looney. And, again, talking about talking about who he was in high school, let's give him this credit, that he had to change who he was as a player. 
Now I'm an undersized center, and I'm gonna be, and I'm gonna do what I need to do to stay in this league and make an impact. So all the kudos in the world to Kevon Looney as he continues on this, you know, just an amazing story and an amazing season that he's had for the Warriors when they've needed him in so many different spots. And he's been there. He's he's been the only dude that's been there. And, and, and I said this yesterday when I was on with Dan. You here's the thing you really have to appreciate about it, Kevon Looney. I'm sure Steph Curry came into this season with MVP aspirations. We all know that Draymond Green came into the season with Defensive Player of the Year uh, aspirations. We all know Klay Thompson wanted to come, wanted to be on the 75th anniversary team, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What What was Looney's goal? What did Looney want to make happen this season? I want to play every game. Yeah. I want to play every game. Nobody wants to play every game. Like, that's that's what a real one does, man. He's like, yeah. I'm going to show up every day. Because what it is I'm is, Looney. Because what it is is I want to help the team win. In any in any in any way that I can, and that's what he. If he had to do, if he had to do this, and that, remember there was a stretch when they had Looney shooting threes. It didn't last yeah. very long, hey, hey. but he was willing yeah. to try and, and you know try yeah. his darndest to make that happen. Before the break, we were talking about Mike Brown and how much credit or not credit do you give him versus Steve Kerr and what he's been able to help. Let's go to this sound with about Mike Brown. It's an interesting story as far as how they decided to start Kevon Looney in Game Six. Let's go to this sound. You know, Mike called me right after game five. He said, my gut is to start Loon. And I said, why don't you watch the tape and I'll watch the tape and let's sleep on it and and think about it. Let's not rush to any judgment. But there was definitely a lot of consideration towards going smaller. But Mike, Mike called me after the flight. He said he talked to Steph and Draymond and they were both really adamant that, that Loon should be out there to combat the size and strength of Adams. And I think Mike said this, but it's really our job to give our players confidence and ownership of what's happening. So at that point, it was a no-brainer. You you go with Loon. We, that's a group that started together for a, you know the last two years, last year and a half, most of the time anyway. And it helps our rebounding. It puts Draymond on Jaron Jackson right away. So hopefully, you know, not let him get going. So it was really an easy decision to make when Steph and Draymond were so adamantly for it. And um, Mike relayed that to me, and it was like, hell yeah, let's let's go. Boom. Boom. I mean, when you talk about, you know, uh, doing things as a a group and a community, and again, that is why going back to the – 50 point the 50 burger I'm I don't know how much to put on Mike Brown because you have guys that have been there have done that Steph Curry Draymond Green they said look we think Kevon Looney is going to be the guy that's gonna you know take us over that hump and combat some of the you know the aggressiveness and and how the Grizzlies were playing and they decided on it and it ended up working beautifully I don't know if they saw 70 rebounds happening I know I sure (laughs) didn't I don't think anybody did but that's how it gets done on the flip side of that, leaving the Kevon Looney train, as sad as Brian probably is to, to, to leave it for, for a second, we'll be back. We'll be back. As far as Mike Brown is concerned, is it, is, it a, is it a bad look for Mike Brown or does it make sense, right? Are you supposed to sit there and say, I am the captain now. Steve Kerr's out. I'm making the rules. I'm doing this. Or is he taking a page out of Steve Kerr's playbook because maybe Steve Kerr would have also talked to Draymond and Steph? I mean – Sure, sure he would have, right? And again, listen, it's not they won. They won the series. He won Game Six. Mike Brown was the coach when they won Game Six. It didn't. It wasn't pretty for most of the game, but that's the way most of these games have been, right? Like somebody wins it in the end, but just you, you. A little bit ago, you said a little. You said essentially that 
I'm not going to put it all on Mike Brown. But there's 50 points to go, a blame to go, okay? And if you give half of that to Mike Brown, man, that's 25 points of blame. What are we just breaking this down point by point? What, that, what are we even doing? I'm just saying that I do. This, I just, oh, man, that was that, that was bad. And that's why I don't know that you blame Mike Brown. All I know is, is what happened in game five was bad. It was bad to the tune of after that game, I'm like, okay, can they can they really win it all? <laughs> like, like, does a team get blown out by 50 and then win a championship? It, yeah. By, by the way, it's happened. It has happened, folks. So yeah. What's up, Brian? That. I mean, what happened in game five, Shamari? You gotta realize what happened in game six. Game six, Clay hit, and they won by, I don't know. 14, right? No, I'm just kidding. They won, though. <laughs> that's the prime, and that's the most important thing we got to realize. And they yeah, won the series. they got blown out by 50, but they still won the series. And again, you have to decide if they lose a close game, and now these guys, and we have the numbers right here, and we see you, Rich. We're about to get to you right now. We'll get back on the loony train. So after, with more than one day's rest, this Warriors team is not young. With more than one day's rest, the Warriors are 5-1. and one. When they only have one day's rest, they're three and two, but that is a very interesting three and two. That is that game four squeak out, right? Mm -hmm. That is that that 50, that 50 burger. So the three and two, it, it sounds a bit better than it actually is. My point is this. You do have a situation where, yeah, they got 50 piece and it looked terrible, but at least they did just sit on the bench and prepare for game six because if they do log in another 40, 35, 40 minutes there, then you get back on that plane. Are they as fresh? And I might be reaching here, but are they as fresh going into game six? Let's go to Rich and get back on the loony train in Fremont. Rich, you're on with Alan and Shamari. What's good with you, my man? Hey, it's real good to be able to talk to you guys two days, both days of the weekend. Shamari, what's up, my brother? Nothing much. What's happening with you, brother? What's good? Man, look, y'all was talking about yeah, y'all was talking about Kamon Luna. I had to get in on that action, man. I'm gonna tell you <laughs> that guy is the essence of the culture of Golden State. You know, he, mm -hmm. he got the re-sign. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a big ticket payout, but he got he got paid pretty decently, and he took it. And every direction the coaches have given him, he's taking it. I'm telling you, man, this guy is, he is the garbage man. Because when the garbage man comes, it's time to take out the trash. And that's what Kevin Looney does. <laughs> that's why he grabs 22 rebounds. Okay? Let the Grizzlies know, hey, you bring that trash to Chase Center, we're going to bring the garbage man in to clean it up. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Tell them, Rich. Rich. Tell them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to do you one better. I don't know. I think everybody, when the news broke that Otto Porter Jr. wasn't going to play, everybody just said, all right, I mean, the Warriors should still be gasped. favorited. But that was a gasp. It was, it, was a, it was a small to medium gasp as in, okay, because he had been that trash man, and he had been helping to grab those rebounds. And Otto Porter Jr., obviously, you know, Looney and Andrew Wiggins, right? So to not have Otto Porter Jr. and his three-point shooting ability, which was starting to heat up, you're sitting there thinking, this looks a bit bleak right now. And I got to give kudos as well. If we're talking about Looney, Looney did his job, but that doesn't work. No, every, nobody wanted to see Looney on the floor because you felt like it was that three v five offensively. Wait, wait, no, no, offensively, wait, no, no. Offensively. What, what, what was that like? Five minutes before the game, like on Twitter, I'll hit you up. Yeah. You're like the starting lineup. No, I was like, I, I am what? on record. I am on record not <laughs> being too. happy about that. Well, no, I, so was I. We was both. I was getting at you like, yeah, this is insane. So Looney, yeah. The three v five thing hadn't looked great. It looked like. 
It looked like the Grizzlies knew what the Warriors were trying to do. Their offense looked a bit stale. And you know why that was, Shamari? It's very obvious. Because Draymond Green wasn't even attempting to shoot. We're not telling you to huck up threes, but you have to attempt to get to the basket and keep everybody honest. Great. Draymond was not doing that. In game six, he did that, right? And, and he did it in a big way. I believe he had 14 points. Yeah, he had 14 points. I don't know if that's the first time he's broken double digits in his playoffs, but it feels like it is. It isn't in the playoffs. It, I think it is in this series, though, where, where in, most of the time when Denver, he got the ball— he dropped- he dropped double digits. Yeah, he dropped double digits at least once in Denver. Okay, but 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 in in the series before before Game Six, every time he get the ball, like he's sitting back there like he's uh, Dan Marino, man, Point, Just, pointing yeah. stuff out. Yeah, and, and like, when I said it was a, what, what the hell? Well, I was saying it was a Stephen A. Smith meme, right? Where he's just he's just sitting there, just completely unbothered. That was the Grizzlies defense whenever Draymond had the ball because they just said, dude. We're not going to let you sit here in direct traffic. You're going to have to make a move. And then he ends up passing around, passing around. The the shot clock would get really low, and they would either put up a bad shot or Draymond would put up a shot, which ultimately, you know, a three-pointer that just typically wouldn't go in. So Draymond opened that up as well to be able to have Kevon Looney in the lineup because Draymond was acting as that threat. And it wasn't necessarily just hucking up threes. Just get to the rack and just show them that if you do not put a body on me, I can score too. And that's exactly what Wait, he can, did. can I just say this about Draymond and that I'm a quarterback of the offense thing, man? And, and it is, is it? Is that it led to turnovers and about, mm, I'm going to say about 80% of the time, I don't know, you know, a, a, a majority of the passes he made. And I'm talking about when he got in his, I'm a quarterback mode and I'm just going to sit here like I'm in the pocket and look for someone to come open. Like a, a majority of the time he did that. A Draymond Green miss would have been a better outcome than some of the turnovers that happened when he decided to get in that mode, man. Well, I was I was so glad to see him do what he did in game. He six. was making floaters. Yeah, he was getting to the rack. I don't believe a three pointer actually. He was over three from three, but he took three. He took and you and you have to. And that, but that, but that's what I'm saying. That miss, him missing the three is better than him throwing a pass that, that gets deflected or something like that and winds up going the other way for a fast break. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad this happened the way it did because this should tell Draymond that this is how you have to play. You cannot sit there and and just this is not the regular season because you're playing the same team at least four times. Yeah. So they they by the fourth game, by the third game. They know game, all your stupid little the, tricks. Yeah, yeah, they know, okay, here's the pin down here. All right, we're watching the misdirection. They knew that, so you got to switch it up. And I and if that happened with them, I don't know about the Mavericks, but if you get the Suns, they're definitely – Chris Paul is definitely going to say, this is what Draymond wants to do. We saw it in the regular season when Draymond jumped in the air and tried to fake like he was going to shoot. Chris Paul knew he wouldn't shoot it so then you know he understood that he was going to pass it and he ultimately led to a Draymond turnover so those are the things that Draymond you have to if you're going to run this offense you got to run the option and one of those options Draymond is you (laughs) to be doing things offensively let's get back to the phone lines 888-957-9570 if you want to be a part of the conversation on the call line or the text line now we have Joe from SF who wants to talk Draymond Dre Day on a Sunday sunny Sunday what's up with you Joe Shamari, this is Joe, the unapologetically most apologetic uh, Draymond apologist here. <laughs> know that whenever you know, whenever I, I I listen to an inordinate amount of ninety five point seven the game, and you know, whenever you guys go after my man, I got to stand up for him. <laughs> 
So let's just. Get I, I, I love straight. you, man. I, I love me some Draymond, Joe. By the way, I do. I love me some Draymond. But, but, okay. <laughs> but, so Draymond doesn't. Okay, let's say he hand he handles the ball fifty times a game coming up the court. Let's just say you know something like that. It's hard to because he. So you guys are saying because he doesn't shoot. That's the reason why they are losing. When Clay, when Clay is missing, when Jordan's dribble, 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 and not attacking the rim, when Steph isn't shooting. So this is the reason, this is the key of why the offense is not working. We know that he is not a scorer. We know that. Yes, I, I, I he, I'm apolog- unapologetically the greatest drown apologist, and I, I, I've texted you. I said that you know I know he stunk in some games, but if you guys are thinking after all these years, after all these years of Draymond running the offense, that this is the reason why they are losing, and the reason why the offense is stagnant and not scoring. I guess have you guys watched the Warriors over the past ten, twelve years? It seems like. He is never going to be the guy that is shooting. He is a, predominantly. He he's the he's a garbage man. When nothing else is going right, he's going to toss up a shot. Do you really want Draymond shooting more? It really. Do you guys really want that? Well, I'll tell you this, Joe. I I will say I understand what you're saying. I get all that, but I got some numbers for you just to kick around with you. Throughout all these playoff runs. Joe, in 2015, Draymond averaged 13.7 points a game. In 2016, Draymond averaged 15.4 points per game. In 2017, Draymond averaged 13.1 points per game. In 2018, 10.8. In 2019, 13.3. And in 2022, 7.2 points per game. So, no, nobody's expecting Draymond to be Steph Curry or be a, an intricate part of the offense from a shooting standpoint, but he was, he's been averaging double digits in playoff runs throughout this whole dynasty. So that is what we're expecting out of Draymond. Well, we're expecting Draymond to make an attempt and to keep the defense honest. Half the time, the reason that Steph, Clay, one of the reasons, not the only reason, the reasons Steph, Clay, and even Jordan Poole aren't getting those looks is because they're playing a rover. Because Draymond's just sitting there. So everything is getting more clogged up, which then leads to those turnovers. So nobody's expecting Draymond to, to, to be a baller. But at the same time, you have, to, you have to be a threat offensively. And we weren't talking about Draymond by himself. We were saying having Draymond and Looney on the court at the same time. Now you're, thinking, now you're essentially 3v5 on offense. Well, And, and furthermore, furthermore, there's this – if you are going to be the primary playmaker, the primary ball handler, the passer, the assist guy, okay, you you have to be a threat offensively also because otherwise, like you said, it's Rover, man, okay? We're, we're, we're going to play – we're going to – they're not going to play a box in one zone. They're, they're going to play cover two, okay? I mean like – that, that, that's, that's what the Grizzlies were doing. They were playing cover, single high, robber defense against Draymond because it, it, remember back in uh, when, when they were playing the Grizzlies 2015 
and what what the Warriors did to Tony Allen, the Grizzlies were giving Draymond Green the Tony Allen treatment when he had the ball in his hands. Like, well, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to shoot. You're not going to drive. So we're just going to make sure that you can't you can't pass the ball. And when you want to pass the ball, that 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 makes it almost impossible. It yeah. makes it literally impossible. He makes it easier on himself. If if and again. A lot of people say the word threat. Like, he doesn't need to be be a threat per se, but people need to respect the fact that you're not just going to sit there waving your arms around and pointing to people around and and, and know that you're going to pass and never shoot. That yeah. doesn't work. I mean, and again, I don't know. I don't, and we're getting, let's get back to the text line a little bit. I don't know if it's because the Warriors just won, but I've never seen so many people on the text line or in just in general, not thinking that that Draymond even needs to just attempt a shot. Everybody is thinking that, you know, it, it's everybody else. A lot of people agree with Joe. So shout out Joe. Strong call there. I would say this 415 is chiming in saying that the guards are not shaking coverage and you can't dream, can't blame Draymond for that. And I would agree with that. I did think that that was an under undercovered part of this series when when Jordan Poole would try to jiggy on people and when Steph would try to dance on people not being able to to break away from it and I also think it's because you know just throughout the series you start to learn tendencies and what these guys like to do I think Jordan Poole is best when he has a head of steam and he just does a little hezzy in and out and either gets to the rack or takes a shot when he starts trying to go laterally too much he's not really breaking people down the way he thinks he is. And again, off the ball, though, (laughs) I thought it was just a a combination. Uh, I think the whole thing is that's why I said regular season is different because Draymond can do that type of stuff when you're playing a team one off and then you go on to play another team. When you're playing a team four times in a row, you have to do different things. Okay, so so a couple of texts have come in from the 650. What works works because we win – Things of that nature. And here's what I'm going to ask you. Is all of this much ado about nothing? Because at the end of the day, despite the flaws, despite the turnovers and everything, they they just put the Memphis Grizzlies out of the playoffs. And going into these playoffs, me, me in particular, but I think a lot also Dub Nation, I felt that the biggest test the Warriors would face would be the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they got past the Grizzlies, like is 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 all of this? Well, whoa, well they didn't do this well. Is it much to do about nothing? Like you know, do do you think that any of this transfers to the next game or mm-hmm. the next series, whether it be Dallas or or be the Suns? Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. We got to get to a break. We got to get to a break. But when we come back, possibly we will have Mark DeLucci, who covers the Giants for a website called Just Baseball. And he is a prospect writer for Baseball Prospectus. Going to get into some Giants coverage because surprise, surprise, trades, trades, and more trades. Shamar, we're going to talk about the Mauricio Dubon leaving. Leaving for Michael Papierski. Okay, that's a catcher. What does that say about Joey Bart? When we get back, transition to Giants. Don't worry, we'll get into dubs a little bit after that. 95.7 The Game, Alan Stiles, Shamari Block. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 